0: So good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'll keep this swift. My intention today is just to run through some quick points. Rather than go through what Malta has to offer, etcetera, more about what uh, have been the hot topics in shipping over the last few, not even the last few years, more like the last year in Malta. And uh, to be honest these tend to be the topics that are attracting the most attention over the last year, and it is my intention to run through a few points without getting too legal for you, um, so I don't bore you too much. And uh, just to give you a flavor of what's going on, um, the EU were kind enough this morning to give us a few stumbling blocks as well, because as early as this morning, they issued the decision on Malta. Uh, For those of you who don't know, last December, our tonnage tax regime was renewed as the Malta flag for another 10 years. However, they did come back with a 67, 68 page report outlining some things that need to be revisited. Luckily, we're in a situation where what we have in place is likely to stay in place and so this shouldn't create too many issues moving forward. But we did have a, a shock because we weren't sure if my presentation was going to be relevant as of 9 o'clock this morning, but it is. So, for the bankers in the room, one thing that has and is continuously being important in Malta is the rest of vessels. Um, It's a tried and tested system. Uh, Within a day, you can get everything done. Likewise, if you are the person that is having the vessel... Arrested in Malta within a couple of hours if you deposit the money in court, you know the arrest will be lifted and you can Move on fairly swiftly. So this has been something that is being utilized more and more you're getting 40 50 vessels a year being arrested which for um, the location of Malta and it's size is good and uh, This is something that has been built upon over the years however, this is just the first step in a longer process and what becomes interesting is the judicial sale by auction, which is something we all know. It's something people want to utilize because ultimately they sell their vessel through a court procedure free and unencumbered. That is all well and good. But we all know the pitfalls of judicial sale by auctions, and that is that you're subject to a bidding in court and made the highest bid win, but you never know what that is. And this leads to the, the next interesting point that has grown in importance and attracted a lot of attention over the last couple of years, which is the court-approved private sale. What this allows is the executing creditor to enter into negotiations privately with individuals and seek the best price to purchase the vessel. They still get the benefits of of a judicial sale by auction, which is a vessel free and unencumbered, the benefit is, however, you've entered into private negotiations, you've found a bidder and a price with which you are comfortable to sell the vessel. You do have to present another two valuations to the court in order to show that the price you are getting is fair and current market value. And at the end of the day, you walk away with a, in a, following a very swift application in court with a free and unencumbered vessel and hopefully the best value for money for the vessel. So this is something that truly is growing in importance in Malta for the international shipping community. Over here, I've just listed some things. If the slides are made available, you can look at some of the conditions that are required in order to arrest a vessel in Malta. And uh, basically, it has to be located in Malta, the vessel over 10 meters, and the claim has to be of over 7,000 euros. For a court-approved private sale, like I mentioned, you need to present two other valuations of the vessel in order to satisfy the court requirements. Again, if the slides are presented to you, you'll have everything available. Okay. Now, for the more entertaining part of maritime for a lot of us, yachting. This has truly put Malta on the map in the last few years, primarily because of this, which is the VAT treatment of yacht leasing of uh, of private yachts as such, and essentially what you can see over here is that a Malta-owning company, which becomes the lessor, uh, leases out a yacht for anywhere between 12 to 36 months. An initial down payment of 50% is paid by the lessee to the lessor. VAT is paid on that, and then for the rest of the either 12 up to 36 months, you pay installments, lease, charter payments, call them what you will with VAT. At the end of that period of time, the yacht is sold by the lessor to, the, to the, either the physical person or the legal entity for a value of 1%. And the lessee has a VAT-paid asset within Europe. Now, why do all this? Ultimately, the reason for doing this uh, these are the criteria, is this. If you have a yacht which is over 24 meters, the effective rate of VAT goes down to 5.4%. As you can see, the standard rate of VAT, which is the last part of, this, of the table, it's 18%. So that's a considerable saving to have a VAT-paid asset in, in the EU, free, free to go around the EU waters as you will. Now. As you saw over here, the criteria, like I said, up to 36 months, and that is because of EU VAT directive regulations, which require that for long-term charters, 36 months is the longest period, while 12 months would be the the shortest period. Now, one important thing over here where people have encountered problems, it is important that the yacht does come to MOLT at the beginning of the lease, and preferably it does come at the end of the, the lease period as well. Again, I do not want to bore you with the details. One thing and I suggest very, very strongly with respect to these structures is keep them simple. Vanilla structures are the best. Do not complicate them. It is for private yards. VAT is paid on private assets. You can only deduct certain things as expenses on the company, and you can only reclaim VAT on very... Limited items in order to ensure that enough VAT is paid to the VAT department in Malta. If you keep it simple, at the end of the route period, you have a great saving and a VAT paid asset in Europe. So, again, with the slides available to you, if you do get involved in one of these structures, pay attention to these because we've acted as lawyers defending certain horror stories where all sorts of deductions were attempted and. The people ended up by paying more, more tax than they actually saved on fat by the end of it, which is not what you want. Now, mortgages, I'm not going to go into too much detail. Ultimately, they tried and tested in Malta. This is what the bankers want. For a flag to grow the way that the Maltese flag did, let's face it, the bankers, the investment managers, they have to be happy with the flag. If they're happy that the mortgage system works, then the flag will grow. If not, it's not going to. So the mortgage system in Malta has been proven. You have an executive title which allows you, if you decide to execute, to take possession of the, yacht, of the ship to sell her. You can actually go into uh, judicial sale by auction if you want in order to get a free and unencumbered vessel, or you can go down the court-approved private sale. Again, this is something that is well-documented and well-known in Malta. However, the greatest development which we've had over the last year was as a result of the finance leasing structures. And uh, this is important to us because we've seen a great uptake of these, like we all know, as a method of financing of vessels. And the important thing over here is that the Maltese government has recognized this. Now I mentioned the mortgages first to lead into this, but with these structures you do not get the registered mortgage that you want. the investment obviously has to be protected in another manner in order to be able to achieve what you want. And one interesting, item, one interesting article of the law is actually under the Merchant Shipping Act, what is called Article 19A. This allows for the charter of a vessel in a finance leasing structure to have the certificates issued in its name, thereby, for all intents and purposes with the public, it can effectively be the owner of the vessel pays the tonnage tax as a company on that lease, and then has no further tax to pay. So now you have the owner who is leasing out the vessel who is benefiting from the tonnage tax regime and no further tax on his investment, and then you have the charterer who is leasing out the vessel who can utilize the tonnage tax regime, have the certificates in his name, and then pay no further tax on that. So this is a great benefit for the finance leasing structure. Again, the agreement at most would have to be shown to the Maritime Authority but does not need to be made public, which is obviously very important for privacy matters. The important development, however, came in our civil code, and this allowed for once you do not have a mortgage which is going to be registered with the authority in Malta, the civil code allows for the lessor to take action in case of a default by taking back the vessel immediately. And it has been ingrained into our civil code that the court would respect this but following simple notification, which can be done by electronic means. It doesn't even need to be done by, the, by a judicial notice or a judicial letter, which is normally the procedure in Malta. The lessor can actually take action and take the vessel back. And that will be um, recognized by the courts in Malta once the application is submitted. So that adds the the level of security that a lessor would be looking for in such a transaction. Again, this has been one of the major factors as to why Maltese structures are being incorporated into the finance leasing structures which involve yachts. Okay, one final thing which is of importance is again, any investment firm, any bank that is looking to give finance to a Maltese entity The civil code of Malta has incorporated a clause which allows it not to have to obtain a license as a financial institution in Malta, which would normally be a requirement under the EU and Maltese legislation. But this derogation is allowing for easier financing to be made to Maltese leasing structures. Finally, just to mention a few other advantages, which sort of bring everything together at the end of it, double tax treaties. These financial aspects are all what has made Malta a country of interest over the last 10 years. If I were here 10 years ago, I'd probably be talking to you about the Maltese flag, registration, tonnage tax, and probably stopped right about there. Nowadays it's being seen, Malta is being seen as a, in a more holistic approach. It's a, the registration of the vessel under the Malta flag is just one piece of a much bigger puzzle where Malta can be utilized. The fact that we have some 73 double tax treaties with the likes of Australia, China, Hong Kong have been extremely, extremely important. Of note for shipping companies and ship managers are the double tax treaties with India, Australia and China those have been utilized in order to avoid freight tax that is imperative to the attractiveness of multi structures Obviously having the likes of other big trading partners is essential Hong Kong has the double tax treaty over there has become imperative for the finance leasing structures with the principle of reciprocity and avoiding double taxation in that respect Having the owning company of the vessel in Hong Kong with the leasing structure then involving a Malta company. And this makes things a lot more efficient for tax purposes. When it comes to tax regimes, you either have the tonnage tax regime, like I mentioned under Article 19A, the charter can utilize that. Or you can go for an effective tax rate of 5% for any income which does not involve maritime activities we involve the participation exemption. If you really want to get creative with your structures, you go for a securitization vehicle and then you can get tax neutrality. So there are ways of structuring vehicles in Malta, which now has made us very attractive in more global structures, and has attracted a lot of players. The last point probably, which is a very, very recent uh, um, development in Malta, talking about months over here, is the notional interest deduction. We know how other countries are clamping down on certain income coming into countries. What the notional interest deductions <clears throat> principle is saying is if a shareholder finances, provides financing to its own structure, there should, in principle, be a deemed interest on that investment by the shareholder. If banks can make interest on giving out loans, why shouldn't the shareholder making allowing the capital to be used by its own company not not do the same. So, with a deemed interest, this, the Maltese government would then allow the company to claim that as a deduction, as an expense, thereby benefiting the owner as a shareholder with not having to pay further tax because it is a deemed interest and actually there is no transfer of financing or income for the shareholder in their country of residence. In a few words that's what it comes down to so my closing point would be that over the last year or so these have been the hot topics that have attracted a lot of the maritime industry internationally to look at malta once you see it all as a whole it becomes very attractive we're glad to be up here in great company like bermuda and new york so that's that makes us even prouder to be in good company with these things and on that note i'll end up that if by any way this has interested you to look at more and more detail, please do let us know. Thank you very much.